Welcome to episode 191 of Saturday Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South. On today's episode, we recap the major games on the schedule for week one. We dive into Dion and the Buffs, big win over TCU, the massive win for Mike Norvell in Florida State. We had some interesting looks at new QBs in the SEC, notably Alabama, Georgia. Um, and then we're, we're going to give you our three best things of the week. Chris is going to give you his NIL player of the week and much, much more. You can find this show on our website, SaturdayDownSouth.com and Apple and Spotify. During the season, join us for the live recording of the show, just like we're doing right now, every Sunday at 8 Eastern time on the Saturday Down South YouTube page. Find the clips from the show on Twitter, at SatDownSouth, and at SatFBUncensored, on Instagram and TikTok, at SaturdayDownSouth. Find us on YouTube at Saturday Down South. Now, here's the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Saturday Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South and Texas Pete. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me, as always, my co-host, Chris Marler. Chris, a wild week one, baby. A wild week? I mean, just, just glue, because I know you're going to. Um, I'll get to it, but hey, yeah, we'll we're live for the first time in a yeah. while. It's been it's been months. It's been months. I tell I you what, see people I, in the I, chat here. I will say, <laughs> I will say this, and I love saying it every year. You know what the best thing about being about starting one and zero is? Not being zero one. I don't know. Being able to go two and zero. So okay, hell of a weekend right. for a lot of teams. Not that great for some other ones. We've already got some people in the chat. Daniel Clover talking about Auburn is better than people think. I wouldn't even disagree with that. We're going to get to all of it. There's a ton of games, a ton of games. Um, all right. <laughs> trying to get more PG this year, but um, yeah, yeah, that was a, a question that was asked. Like, to, like, where do you want to start? Like, it was obviously an awesome, awesome Saturday. Like, yeah. like, I'll tell you what, right off the bat, maybe my favorite part of the weekend was on game day when they're starting out the season on game day and some North Carolina fan is holding a, Murdoch family like photo that's that was an one. as as the game day time. that is a savage move it was awesome it was awesome. yeah that's quite the move there um yeah man uh i'd like to start with the game last night if you don't if you don't mind i mean game I, of just the, week. the smile on your face is, I, I haven't seen <laughs> this in maybe ever I, I don't i don't even know oh man it's been so long chris since i felt this way about this team it's just so good <laughs> yeah uh, so number number eight, Florida State goes into Orlando, which I was thinking was going to be a, a 50-50 crowd because it was last year. Yeah. I had multiple friends at the game. You know, obviously the Florida State beat writers there. I think consensus, it was at least 70-30, if not 80-20 Florida State fans. Wow. And you can tell, I mean, when you get the the big shot over top, I mean, there, there wasn't a ton of purple. I was pretty surprised. So it was a pr- pretty much a pseudo home game. And, um, Look, in that first half, man, I was getting frustrated. I We've heard all offseason how good Jordan Travis is. He's taking a step, and he looked awful in the first half. I was like, oh, my God. You know, I, I think LSU's a good team, but, like, I didn't expect him to look like this. Yeah. Come out of halftime, down three, and it was – I mean, dude, it was oh, a show. <laughs> 31 straight points. Um, yeah, you got the gift touchdown at the end when, when Norvell put in all the freshmen. Was not expecting. Look, I, I thought Florida State would win. Came on here and said it. I thought it would be more of a shootout. I didn't expect LSU essentially to score 17 points. Right. I thought Florida State could score. I was a little worried in the first half, but man, 
We said in our preview pod, I said two transfers that are going to be talked about a lot this season nationally, Keon Coleman and Jaheim Bell. And those two dudes combined for five touchdowns last night. And and here's the thing, too. Like I feel like people – we're primarily SEC, and, and everyone knows that. We're obviously doing this here at Saturday Down South. But, like, people are more familiar with Jaheim Bell. I thought it was a huge pickup in the portal, um, obviously, from from Florida State. Um, but you talk about, like, the, the Keon Coleman thing. And we talked about this in the preview pod too. And this is this is something I, I was kind of worried about going into it for LSU. Is like you know what they have coming back. You you know all the talent. You've heard about the Jordan or Jaden Daniels thing versus Jordan Travis all offseason two Heisman winning quarterbacks and all that kind of stuff. And LSU returned a ton of talent um, from that offense last year. But I kept saying it felt like this weird situation where it was like they were really riding all of the momentum and hype going into this season. Felt like to me at least that it was based off of that one win in early November against Alabama, because you saw yeah. them falter the rest of the way, right? Like you, you lose. And then now you take a step back. And like, I think there's a lot of like, this is like one of those things where two to three things can be true at the same time. This isn't like LSU sucks because they got boat raced by Florida state. Florida state's really good. Florida state is really, really yeah. good. One of the things too, is like that people don't get, and this is going to happen with a lot of teams in the COVID, like now that we're like out of the COVID era is you have, 18 of their 22 starters for Florida State were uh, redshirt juniors or older. So they had a minimum four years of experience as a college athlete. That's huge. It's a grown man, right? You had 10 right. that were the redshirt uh, seniors or, or older. You had uh, 215 combined starts on the O-line. I mean, everyone you had had some little experience and was like a, a more developed player than a lot of other places, right? Um, the other part of it is LSU, when you take a step back now, and we maybe get into this later, but like now that the, the dust has settled, the national championship is not out of the picture for them, right? FSU has taken a massive step forward and potentially getting there, especially with that schedule compared to LSU's. But like yeah. now you take a step back and you're like, okay, well, LSU has now lost three of their last four. Last night they got destroyed. The the SEC championship they got destroyed. It was 35 7 for the half. And then the week before that, they got beat by two scores against the five and seven Texas A&M team. So now you're like, like, have we overhyped this team a ton, or is this something where they're going to find their identity later in the season and come back? Yeah, and that's the question. And I, and we've talked about this not on the pod, but and I talked to producer Dan about it a little bit over text last night after the game. Um, I don't know, like, I don't want to be reactionary, but we talked about this in the preview pod. Yeah. Uh, Jaden Daniels doesn't throw the ball down the field. No. And I don't, I just don't think after a while, you know, when the team adjusts defense defensively, which Florida State clearly did during the half, if you can't stretch the field like that, it kind of limits your offense. And I just wonder if Nussmeyer might be the better move. And it's like, you hate to do this after week one, but we kind of felt this way before the game, you know? So it'll be interesting to see. They'll they'll have more time to get in rhythm in the next couple of weeks um, before their next big game. But I mean, um, you know, Mason Smith would have been huge in that game, no doubt, mm-hmm. last night. Um, but man, Florida State just made adjustments. Look, it was a sloppy first half from both teams. You had drops. I mean, Johnny Wilson, he drops balls pretty consistently. Uh, I will say he makes really yeah. great catches, but the easy ones, like you saw last night that he dropped, that's kind of him. Um, you know, Jaheim Bell had a massive drop. And then just all of a sudden, you know, I don't know what was said at half, but they all the mistakes, they had a ton of penalties in the first half. They really cut them down in the second half. Um, the penalties I, were, 
outrageous. And we need to get it. Like, I mean, like, there were several yeah, that were very okay. deserved. But, like, yeah. LSU going into the half with zero penalties <laughs> and Ryan Kelly still bitching about the penalties. As, like, like listen, you're going off the field. You've got, like, I don't know, minute tops to say something. Yeah. And, and he chose to include that. I thought that was pretty odd, um, I'll yeah. say. But, like, Jaden Daniels, he was fine in the first half. I think you look at the numbers, and I wrote this down. I charted the whole second half. It's like that. In the first half, like you said, good teams make adjustments. This is one of the reasons Georgia is so damn good. Like, you, you make adjustments at halftime, right? And you've seen Saban do it for years. Brian Kelly's a really good coach. I did not expect him to get out-coached in this game, and he got flat-out out-coached. Like, those two teams were pretty evenly matched from a talent standpoint, it seems. They're like, maybe going in. Maybe not in afterwards, because Florida State seemed like to, to have an edge all over the place, especially with that secondary that we talked about beforehand. If mm-hmm. there's one weak spot you didn't want to have, on the entire LSU team, it was the secondary. Oh, that's fancy. Um, yeah. it, it would be the secondary, right? Like, because you know they're going to air the ball out. But like, you talk about from first half to second half. First half, and LSU had 293 total yards. LSU or FSU had 213. Uh, Jaden Daniels had a total, I believe, in the first half he had um, 246 total yards, um, almost 200 yards in the air. They they had 105 yards rushing, 15 first downs. They were two or six on third down. Then you talk about like they were averaging like seven over seven yards per play. Like, I mean, they, they should have probably been up maybe 21 7, 28 7, if you're being honest, because they had a couple of early fourth down stops. Um, and, you know, like, and LSU had three drops in the game as well. But then you look at, yep. the, like I said, the second half adjustments. And these are the numbers. I'm not including the 75 yard bomb at the end of the game because it doesn't matter. The game was already in hand yep. and it was over. But you talk about what the numbers were for that. They only had, after getting, putting up almost 300 in the first half, they only had 80, I'm sorry, 90, uh, 92 total yards in the, in the second, or I'm sorry, the third and fourth quarter. Um, you had eight total rushing yards, eight in the second half, and one conversion. And this is the issue I had going with, with LSU beforehand, which is a lot of talent on that roster. They, was a bunch of guys that could seem like they could tote the rocket running back. Bunch of dudes, right? Like, some a couple of former five stars, some, you know, from the transfer portal that are proven guys that have like some, some veteran, you know, numbers they can put up there and all that kind of shit. But like, there wasn't a guy, there's not a guy like you've seen in the past. Little she was like, Hey, we can give that guy the ball 20 to 25 times a game. And he is going to eat you alive. And if you look at the numbers, the LSU run game, take away Jaden Daniels, right? Cause he had a majority yeah. of the carries. They had 12 total carries from three different running backs. Right. And outside of one 35-yard game, the totals were 11 carries for 14 yards. That's bad. That's bad. Real, real bad. bad. The real Miami. Oh, no, that was the wrong one. Um, bad. Real bad. So there it is. Uh, neither team could really run the ball, but I thought yeah. LSU didn't stick to it. Like Florida State kept trying to pound the rock, and then eventually LSU wore down, and they were able to run the ball more effectively in the second half. Um, I also thought, man, you know, I think a lot of people forget this because of the score, especially when it was 45-17 and the game was in hand. That game in the third quarter, in the third quarter going to the fourth quarter, was 24-17. The game was not in hand. No. And that they just destroyed in the fourth quarter. And, you know, in Norvell's postgame speech, he said they don't got storms, which is the which is our strength coordinator. Yeah. He's like, you know, that's we were built for fourth quarters to wear wear teams down, and he's like that. That fourth quarter, you you know, basically you saw all the off season. What you work for is that. And well, 
and real quick on it, I think I think like one of the things that was most surprising is and and T Bob and Moscona talked about this last night, very drunk on a live YouTube, which was hilarious. Um, <laughs> like there's like a lot of people that like the, the immediate reactions, which are always stupid, right? Are Jaden Daniels should be the starter, and I know that you had the same one, but like Jaden Daniels should be the starter. Um, the other one was. Like there was, you said, you saw a couple things about Brian Kelly and how he, maybe he shouldn't be the coach or whatever, which is like absurd in itself. Yeah, absurd. But then the other yeah. thing was like, and, and I don't, I don't know how I feel about this, but it was like them talking about how this is the fourth straight opener that LSU has lost, the fourth straight opener, right? And it's crazy. Those, I mean, it's not because you start playing good teams. You lose twenty twenty. You lose the Mississippi State at home. You lose last year to Florida State, kind of in a home game in the dome. You lose the UCLA in twenty twenty one. Like these are games you like. Yeah, you didn't expect. I think they were favored in every single one of those games, right? Um, yeah, that's an issue. And so some, some, was that they were, they were favored in both Florida State games. I know that. Yeah. And they, they had to have been favored against UCLA and, of course, Mississippi State. Right. So I think that the main thing is like, all right, well, you could you could say that maybe they should just like start scheduling a little bit easier games to start the year, and that would suck for the fans. Maybe it's best for the program and the team. I don't know. But T. Bob was like, no, man, like line up the fucking schedule and go play the fucking games, like. If you want to go win and be a champion, and that's the thing we heard about from this LSU team all offseason and their fans and the and the and the you know program, like they were championship ready. They were going to go win a championship this year. And there's still time to do that. But what we saw yesterday was not even close to a championship team. Now, right. before we get into all the other games, two things I want to say, besides congratulations once again. But um one. This is now when you look at like the the big games against like the SEC played four games against Power Five opponents in Week One. Only four of the fourteen teams did. Um, in three of the four, you played a ranked opponent. The SEC lost all three of those games. They lost all three by double digits, and they lost all three by an average of sixteen points per game. They Shocking. were favored only one of them, but they were the other two were four. Like Florida was was only a four point underdog, and and Carolina was a two uh, two and a half to three point underdog. So it was not a good look. Know, for the I think, I think, wasn't UNC favored? I think UNC was favored by two and a half. That's what I'm saying. South Carolina was an underdog. Oh, so but they the were like very small. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they should have been closer games than they were. Mm-hmm. Let's just dive no. into it. Well, let's just start there. So real quick on Florida State. Obviously, I'm excited as a fan. Um, I think this is going to be the top offense in the country this year. And I think the defense can be good enough. I, for me, I, I was a big believer in going into the season. Yeah. But when you watch that second half and you realize against a team that is very talented on paper has a lot more blue chip recruits than you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and you took it to them like that, that that should give you confidence as a Florida State fan and the players, Mike Norvell to go into any situation and we'll see, you know, I got the Clemson game on in the background, you know, we'll see how they look tonight, but you got to have confidence going into that game. I know it's at Clemson, but I mean, and if you win that one, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty clear path. If you could, if you just, Keep your head straight. You know that that offense is going to be unstoppable. Sands injury. You guys don't have to go I'm, on the road and play like Stanford or Cal yet, or some other stupid shit. No, nah, SMU this year, and then. <laughs> All right. So, and here's the last thing we'll say before we move on to it, and and this is our our Texas Pete hot take of the week. And I don't even know if it's that hot of a take, but the the Clemson game is happening right now. They're on the road in a, just a raucous environment over there, and whatever Wallace Wade Stadium, stadium is. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is like, this, this honestly, 
like if the Costco food court had a fucking stadium, this would be it. It's just filled with white people everywhere. It's it's and there's probably a bunch of hot dogs out there as well. So dollar fifty though. Dollar fifty, man. That's just the best deal in America. All right, so here's the question. Tell me why. Don't do it. Tell me why <laughs> that Ohio State falters. We'll get to it later. Bama's okay. Still left to be proven. Georgia kind of stumbles a little bit, whatever. Tell me why Florida State is the best team in the country because after week one, it's hard to argue that they're not. They have the, I think, maybe the best offense we've seen in the last couple of years when you look at the weapons. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. Keon Coleman, three touchdowns. Like the last um, two years? The last couple of years, yeah. That's what I said. All right, all right, okay. Oh, well. Okay. Uh, you got Keon Coleman out there, who I think most of the country wasn't really aware that he was, you know, going to be a key factor for Florida State. He transferred mm-hmm. after spring, so it wasn't really until the summer that he got there. That dude is going to be, if he stays healthy, a first-round wide receiver. Yeah, I think Johnny Wilson's gonna probably be a day two receiver, but he'll be—he's an NFL pick. Yeah, Jaheim Bell. Who do you who do you stop on this offense? And there's quite a few talented slot guys on the team as well that are gonna get their share. Um, and that that doesn't even include, you know, your star quarterback and a really healthy stable of running backs. Yeah, I don't know that there's too many teams in the country that will be able to stop this offense, which should give you a lot of hope. And I think that's why Florida State right now. Coming off of week one, who looked yeah. the best? Yeah. I think Florida State, and I think they're the best team in the country right now. Well, and I'll tell you one last thing on it, too. You brought the running backs. The running backs kind of got slowed down last night. They did. And, they and did. Travis made a couple of, of mental errors early. Yeah. And you can make the same exact statement for LSU. The biggest difference is one of those teams came out in the second half and reeled off field goal, touchdown, 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 touchdown versus punt, interception, punt, turn, run down. So, I'm with you. I think that Florida State could be the best team in the country. Let's get into the rest of the weekend because I know we have a lot of people that are tired of hearing us talk about the Seminoles, um, <laughs> you not included. Let's. How do you want to do this? You want to just start on Thursday and go through there? Yeah, let's start you want there. To just spend roughly an hour and a half talking about Deion Sanders so he feels like justified in all of his anger that he's put out in every single fucking interview he's done since the game. I think we start Thursday. Okay. I don't want to give Deion his due yet. Um, let's start with the Florida Utah game. Where, where do we start here? <laughs> okay. We have, a, we have a call from this. We do. We do. I'll let you find it because I forgot to tell you about it, of course. And I'll, I'll get into my take on it. Horrible optics to kick off the year when national, national television, when everyone is watching you, right? It's an SEC game. It's like versus the Pac-12, all that kind of stuff. You saw afterwards, right? Florida loses. They get, they get dominated in a lot of ways, right? Tons of mental mistakes, tons of errors, and that's coaching. That's not like, well, we didn't have the Jimmys and Joes or whatever. Like, you had, I don't know if you had Joes, but you definitely had some Jimmys. I don't. I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe you had like a bunch of Jimmys and at least one Joe. I don't. I don't fucking right. know. But like that being said, you had like a lot of juice going into that game. The, the line plummets from 10 to four. You're playing yeah. against a second string, sometimes third string backup quarterback. They had Utah had eight starters out. And you look up and at one point it's 24 to three late in the third or fourth quarter. And, and Florida is just getting manhandled. And, and so here's the thing. 
tons of mistakes. The penalties were out of control. You had something they they had like two or three. I think they had three total pre-snap penalties on third and fourth and two or less in like the first half. Because I remember I remember tweeting it out and it was like they've got the same amount of points as they do pre-snap penalties on third and fourth and short. They had at some point when they were punting or they were return, like it, it was like fourth and four or something for Utah, I want to say, and they were receiving a punt. They had two guys with the same jersey number on. Hey, here's another yep. thing. I tell you what, you got 120 players on the team. Why don't we just, just to be safe, just to be safe, if there's any fucking chance that somebody's going to be on the same field at the same time, we just do different numbers. Maybe you give 28 to one starter and then 28 to the fucking white kid with bangs that is on the, on the squad because he had a 4.2 GPA in high school. I don't know. That's an absurd thing to have happen. Especially when you have maybe the biggest collection of off the field, like as they call them, like the polo, like army. Like yeah. Florida legitimately has the biggest one in the country. Right. You would think they'd be a little bit more organized than that. You would think so. Yeah. I, I'm not even saying this to troll. I was saying it that night and people, I, it, this is very much like I've, I've witnessed this as a Florida State fan when, when yeah. Willie Taggart yeah. was coach. Just inexcusable. It wasn't just the penalties, dude. You had a guy sprinting backwards to field a punt at the one-yard right. line. What are you doing? It used to be bury your fucking heels at the 10, and that's it. And then it, it's like shifted to like the five, and that's fine. Right. But it can't be like, what are we, <laughs> like, what is the, let's weigh out the options here. And I can't believe I'm the one that has to talk about the fucking risk management of what we're doing here. Cause I don't, I make horrible decisions constantly. Right. But like, what are we doing? There was that. Another thing that reminded me of those teams that I absolutely hated watching back in like 2018, 2019 was the you're down 24 to three and you pick up a first down and you're like, you know, just, uh, you know, just you like a celebration, bro. Yeah. Yeah. It was the first that, you know, like bragging about first downs, like, yeah. dog, you guys are getting your asses kicked. The, the running game that I thought would put the, them in this game, ETN, seven attempts for 25 yards. They had Johnson, three for six. What are we? Mafia. You could. They couldn't. They could not run the football. And I don't. I don't blame him for not trying to run the football as much in the second half. Utah's like. Here's the other thing too. Utah's a really good team, especially in the trenches. We talked about that beforehand. There's no team west of the Mississippi that is built more, in my opinion, like an SEC squad from the inside out, like in the trenches yeah, all that great, shit. Like they, they do a yeah. great job of that. Um, I really didn't think it was as bad as people made it out to be on social media, which is like, you know, par for the course in anything, right? But like, I did not think it was as bad as people made it out to be because Graham Mertz was a lot better than we all thought. I, I thought he was good. He had a ton of drops. Pearsall was terrible for most of the first half. I mean, like, you come out and as bad as you played, you're still in the game. But like, let's face it, the moment you drop a third down pass that hits you right in the hands and it, bobbles up to a defender inside of your own 15 yard line. You're like, yeah, I mean, game's over. Like as I have something drastic happening, like you getting a turnover from that like, game's over. Um, I didn't think it was as bad as people made it out to be. Utah is also the back-to-back -back defending Pac-12 chance. It's not like it was some shit team. So the whole disparity and, and, and like embellishment of like how bad it was for people, which is bound to happen. Cause that's just, I always say it, we're a nation of haters. That's what we fucking do. Like we love to see people fail for whatever reason. Um, I don't, unless it's a big game boomer. We'll get to that later. But um, 
What's up, Blake Young? Welcome in, dude. Um, but I just didn't think it was as bad as everyone made it out to be. I, I will say that it's going to be even worse if they show up like they did like that against Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Which when is the audience? Two weeks? Two weeks. Okay. Um, I think we should have the audio here. Play it. All right, hold on. All right, we got to hide this screen now. Not that. Is this number on there? <laughs> One of these days we'll get it. All right. Uh, let's just go back to this. There we go. We should still be able to hear it. Hey, this is this is Frank from Ocala. I just got done watching the, the Florida-Utah game. And listen, I, I, I got to be honest with you here. The play calling quality has gone down kind of just like how the quality of Star Wars has gone down ever since Disney has bought Star Wars. Now, you look at this, this new Ahsoka series, uh, are, are you are you kidding me with that nonsense? Like, are you trying to tell me that that little Sabine Wren girl is the same thing, the same type of person as Boba Fett? That's some nonsense, if you ask me. I mean, they, they don't look nothing alike. And then wielding <laughs> some sort of orange lightsaber. Where the hell did an orange lightsaber come from? I thought she was supposed to have blue or green, and then maybe if you're Samuel L. Jackson, you had a purple one. But, that, but now we got all sorts of other colors. Let me just pause this real quick. Are there different colors? Like Star Wars rant. Well, I think he had a point, Tyler. Right. The Star Wars sucks, and so does Florida. And then all of a sudden, you know, she, the, the Sabine Wren girl got an orange one, and then the Ray girl from the movie, she's got a yellow one. And I'm just, I'm not understanding it. I do agree that the red lightsaber is clearly evil. Because, Dog, you know, what is this? Uh, that, this is good. Very clearly a UGA lightsaber, but, you know, I, the quality of that show has, I mean, it's just terrible. Dave Filoni, I don't know what the hell you Huh. That's all I've got. Thank you, thank, thank you for your show, and thank you for everything you do. That was nice. Right, Frank, Frank from Ocala. Thanks, man. Thanks, Frank. Um, uh, <laughs> all right. That's it. That's enough Florida talk. I, that was a fantastic phone call to kick off the year. Uh, reminder, yeah. just a friendly reminder. Um, you, too, can call us and yell at uh, us for bad takes, whether it's something we said, something your, or your officer coordinator did. I don't know, drop passes, bad quarterback play, whatever. 770-674-8233. That is the game day hotline number. Um, Therapy is expensive, guys, especially in this economy, so give us a call. I was shocked that we didn't have more calls, um, Yeah, especially from Georgia fans. I thought Georgia fans were just going to yell at me, but we'll get to that in a minute too. Um, Friday, there's not much to talk about. We had a pretty bad beat from Louisville, Georgia Tech, thanks to you because you're yep. an idiot, and you made us yep. pick that. Um, luck of the week, in fact. Lock of the week. Mine was not. And my lock of the week <laughs> hit, of course. Um, and then Nebraska does what Nebraska does. Yeah. And that is lose to a Big Ten team they shouldn't be playing in the first place because they're not a Big Ten school. They're Big Ten But like school. also lose in a like just crippling fashion. Horrific fashion. Horrific. What a catch fashion. By that, that Minnesota receiver, though, that was sick. That was legit. That was an incredible catch. Um, uh, and you know who their opponent is next week, Nebraska? I hope they win by a fucking thousand. That's right. Colorado. Colorado let's, let's, just, let's talk about let's it. Let's just do it. Let's just do let me, it. Let me start by saying this. 
there's going to be a lot of anger in my voice. What is wrong? Why can't I just wear a hat normally? Um, I don't know. And like all these like little, I got to shave my head again because it's sticking out of my hat. This looks ridiculous. Um, yeah, go corn, corn hub, love it. So let's talk about this. So, uh, Colorado rubs a lot of people the wrong way, right? I get it. Yeah. I don't really care. Let Prime talk all he wants. I mean, I'm going to criticize it. Some of the stuff he does goes a little bit too far. But I want to be very clear when I say this, because there's going to be some Colorado slander on this pod this season. I can already tell you. And just so everyone's on the same page, it has nothing to do with Deion Sanders or not liking how he's running the program or not liking Colorado or the conference they're in or any of their players. It is, I don't care how this sounds. It's strictly because I can't fucking stand RJ Young. However, <laughs> as an adult, and as somebody that I would want to have this happen for me, RJ Young talked about it all offseason. And I'm, it's been one game. I'm not so on it yet. But the man yeah. did say they were going to win this game. He did talk about how Shadur Sanders was legit. And Shadur Sanders is legit. He, he was yeah. spot on with that. And he went somehow he went fucking 6-0 and in his picks. And I texted Tyler a picture of it and said, I want to die. That being said, tip of the cap. It was a great job. We're all adults here. I hope you lose every game you pick for the rest of the year. But Colorado TCU. like. We, we need to start by giving Colorado props, right? Yeah, no, of course. I mean, 20 and a half point underdog going in. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were confident all offseason as they're not afraid to show. Um, and you go into an imposing stadium. I'm not, I don't think TCU is some great atmosphere, but it looked like a, a fun atmosphere there. Yeah. And you go in and you Low shock the world. You Maybe. Right, well. I don't know if I agree with that, but regardless, they pull off the shocker that you know Shadur Sanders, who everyone was like, you know, yeah, he put up all these numbers on the FCS level, but right, he ain't doing that, on, and especially in the Power Five level, he comes in 510 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, uh, three receivers go over 100 yards. Travis yeah. Hunter, as painful as it is for me to see this. Is a legit superstar. He's uh, incredible, dude. Like the, the dude incredible. is just incredible. Uh, I, and look, it's the first game, like you said. So we were TCU could be trash this year. We we don't know. And I don't. Uh, you know, their running back had 164 yards. I'm not sure why they didn't give him the ball more. Um, that dude he, Bailey was. He, a he beast. Look at the hold on. Look at the stat line. How many touchdowns did he have? Zero. Look now. Look one under him and look at yeah, Trey Sanders. They were like, Trey Sanders is a physical back on the goal line. It was like, Trey Sanders got yeah. stopped on every third and fourth turn I've ever seen. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah, keep going. So, you know, you had Dylan Edwards, who was a four-star recruit, and the only reason he went to Colorado wasn't just because of Dion, but because he's known him since he was like four years old. It wasn't yeah. just because it's like Coach Prime. He was like a family member to him. He was... A national a national recruit. This dude's a true freshman. Comes out. He had 135 yards receiving out of the backfield. Three touchdowns. Um, added another one on the ground. Four touchdowns. Yeah, dude. Dude's a running back. Five catches. Five targets. Five catches. 135 yards. Three touchdowns. I mean, I was impressed. Um, I don't love the the Dion 
just whatever he's doing after the game? Like, if is that going to happen every game now? Yeah. Yeah, it okay, is. So here's, okay. All right. From the game, Shadur Sanders fucking balled. Travis Hunter, legit Heisman contender after week one. I would honestly yeah. say they should be one and two in the Heisman race. It doesn't matter because it's the, the whole season has to happen. Yeah. And the Heisman doesn't – like the September Heisman is so stupid. We do it every single year. Leonard Fournette, Saquon Barkley, all these guys. We do it all to uh, the year after. Like we do it all the time. Um, it almost never comes to fruition. But these two after week one, they should be the national players of the week. They like they did everything that that people were skeptical of them doing, mainly especially Shadir Sanders. Shadir Sanders had five touchdown passes. His total for the whole season was 19 and a half from Vegas. He had he had five in game one. <laughs> like that's yeah. pretty phenomenal, right? Um and shout I out by that, the way to the OC. Um the guy the that he I think Kent State their OC. I mm-hmm. think there was Kent, Kent State's head coach last year came over to be OC for for Prime. Yeah. Dude, that guy that guy called a great game. It was, I mean, he was wide open all, all day. All day. And you kept and they and they converted like big time third downs. And, and like Travis Hunter, we're gonna talk about this nonstop, I'm sure, all season, but like 110 snaps. I don't know how difficult that is. I did I did 38 sit-ups today in four separate sets total. I wanted to die from from the first moment I started. So I'm not yeah. going to ask about stamina necessarily. But like, yeah, it, it brings up a good point. Says so he he called a great game against UGA last year as well. I think that's true. And it was a phenomenal game. Every time you thought they were going to roll over and die, as the team did last year, they didn't. You're talking about a team that like TCU, who was in a shit ton of close games last year. Remember how many times TCU was an underdog in the regular season and kept coming back and kept coming back and beating these ranked teams, especially on the road. And they just like no matter how many times we doubted them, like they took the lead several times in this fourth quarter. And 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 in the team like Colorado from a year ago, you would think they would they would have quit, and they didn't. And you have to give them credit for that. Now, the one negative thing I'll say, and I'm not taking anything away from Colorado here. This is more of slander to TCU. That is about the worst tackling team I have watched since I fucking watched Little Giants or Air Bud. I understand you don't want to tackle a dog because you're 11, and that could be traumatizing for you. But at the same time, we're trying to win a league championship here, Timmy. So right. this guy's that, tearing us up. All over the field. <laughs> Just take out one of his legs. Feed him some chocolate. What are he we doing? He has four legs. You, this it's is so twice, twice the amount of legs that you can go for. <laughs> Dogs have ACLs. I don't know if you guys know that. This isn't very difficult to do. Off the court. It ain't hard to tear his ACL. Yeah. Put a grape in your back pocket. Put a, put some onions out there. I mean, just come on. Like, not enough to make him, like, ups- anyway, we'll get to that another time. Anyway. So, um... They were terrible at tackling. It was awful to watch a lot of a lot of times. After the game, I I fully get the pettiness because I'm petty, and like I, I I you he deserves to celebrate and all that kind of stuff. Didn't think it was going to go to the length it went to, and this is where I have a little bit of an issue with it because he has a really good opportunity to be like, hey, I'm here. He kept saying, I'm here. This is what I fucking do, right? Like if this is what you do, you don't have to talk about it. Like right. the, the the proof is in the pudding. You're you're going to show everyone anyway, and he will throughout the season. He, he this is a they're probably going to be a lot better than people think, and it was a great start. I get like calling out the media as a whole, but then going in after the game, calling out direct media members that said you might lose. I got news for you, dude. That's what we're paid to do. We're going to be wrong a bunch. Not me. I'm hardly ever wrong. But like, 
him calling somebody out in the middle of it. And it wasn't like it was Luganville, who was like worst roster in the country. Pepper, calm down. Um, but at the same time, like I thought that was like, and where it pissed me off is I saw I saw this from other other people like Tim Brando, who was like, you know, crucifying Saban for not releasing a depth chart and how he's treating the local media. And there was somebody else that did the same thing yesterday from a very reputable site that we're not gonna get into. And like I get it, but you have to hold everyone to that same standard, right? Like I saw someone today. And it was like a, it was like a massive member of the media. It was like, has anyone ever, have you ever seen anyone else yell "f you" to people like Nick Saban or Mac Brown like this? I've, I've been on the sidelines for years. I've never seen it. And it's like people yelling "f you" to Dion before the game. Yeah, it's like, bro, he yeah, doesn't like I've, it, I've, he doesn't get I'm a sure pass. Never happened to Nick like him, and he smiles a lot. He doesn't get a pass from all that. And I tell you what, he especially doesn't get a pass. He especially doesn't get a pass. If he's the loudest one in the room, it's just not going to happen. So that was my takeaway from that. Um, let's move on from it because I know everyone is probably tired of hearing about it. Uh, let's get into Tennessee. Yeah. Um, they kind of pissed me off a little bit. Yeah. Start of the game. Didn't cover the first. No, I, I, took, I took the team total over 10 and a half in the first quarter. Thought that was a layup. They kind of came out, scored first, you know, just like you said they would. 22nd time in their last 27 games under Hypel, 16 of their last 18. Keep going. Yep. And then they didn't score again in the first quarter. So I lost that bet. I had over 23 and a half in the first half. They scored 21 points. So I lost that bet. Now they did go over the team total eventually at the yeah. end, which was nice to see. Um, and if you would have listened, you know, that wasn't the bet. Um, I don't know. I thought Milton looked pretty good. I mean, I'm not yeah. taking much away from the game because I, I kind of feel like Virginia is like just as good as like some really bad teams in the country. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. After seeing like Georgia Tech, I think Virginia might be the worst team in the ACC. Well, Boston College did lose to Northern Illinois, so there's that. Yeah. Um, no. Also, people, but but people I, lose but Northern Illinois sometimes, dude. Shout out. I'm excited to see Tennessee against a legit team. You know which. We'll see if that's Florida or not, but um, you know, I don't know. What do you think? Okay, so we'll keep it. We'll keep it quick. I know that we have a yeah. bunch of games to get to and all that kind of stuff. But I will say this about Tennessee: was pissed in the first quarter. They come right down the field and execute. I don't know why we go for a fourth and five in the opening drive. Seemed like a lot of the stuff that happened in the first quarter, I enjoyed watching because it was one of those. Oh no, the consequences of my own actions for me. And so, Pepper, what do you want me to do? Um, Jesus Christ. Um, it, like the, you spent the entire offseason telling everyone you're back and Joe Milton can throw the ball 90 yards. Like they had him on game day. First question they asked, how far did you throw a football this year? Like, who fucking cares? Oh, I'm so and sick of that. He did drop a, a dime, like a 60 yard dime. Yeah. Right in the hands nice. of one of his receivers that I, in the first quarter, I thought he was going to cover. We were going to all cover together. It was going to be great. Um, and he dropped it. Which I don't know how you do that. But they had some mistakes and pre snap penalties. They had, you know, just a couple of like, like I said, like the drops, they had a couple other errors too. I can't remember exactly what they were, but like there was stuff in the first half where like, I think that if that pass is one of those things, I think from like a momentum standpoint that does wonders for a guy in his first start of the season, especially a guy like Joe Milton, like in year six or whatever he's in, like mm -hmm. you start the game like that and you're at 14 0 and you, and you just threw that pass for a touchdown. The, the stadium's going nuts. And like, like it's on from the rest of the day. They didn't do that. And then he kind of struggled on the next couple of drives. They had they had two three and ounce or punts, I think. Um, and 
And at one point, like he had three straight open receivers that he overthrew and they missed on the, on the, that's, that's what he's going to do. Like, that's what he's going to do. Cause that's the quarterback he's been and always been. There's going to be games where he's going to light up the world. Like Anthony Richardson did the same thing. It's yeah. the same guy. It's the same yeah. dude. He's just a little taller and has dreads. That's it. So yeah, I, I did think that like the Rock defense, arm. especially the defense was awesome. The defense was really good. I don't think Virginia is very good, obviously. But, like, the, the defense was phenomenal, especially against the run. They were great up front. They were great off the edge, getting to the quarterback, all that kind of stuff. I thought it was really, really good from that standpoint. What do you want to get to next? Um, I thought it was funny that Ole Miss put up 73 points against Mercer and Oregon put up 81 against <laughs> Portland State. Hey, I'll tell you I'll, a stat that was surprising. Bo Nix, do you know how many rush yeah. attempts he had in that game? No. They had 81 points, Tyler. Any idea how many rush attempts? It's Bo Nick, so. Yeah, um, I don't know. A handful? I would imagine Zero. they wouldn't do that much. Yeah, okay, I was going to say, yeah. 23 of 27 for like 285 yards, three touchdowns. Was I thought it was pretty great to see. Ole Miss, Jackson Dart was fantastic. Fourth. They're, they're running back, Bucky Irving, four attempts for 119 yards. That is absurd. <laughs> Um, I, I, that three thirty slate though, I was really impressed with Washington against Boise state. Yeah. Um, man, that offense is dude. They put up numbers, man. Like Boise state is a good, they're, they're favored to win the mountain West. And like, I, I get that that's not a power five conference, but they're a really good squad. And dude, 56 to 19 Penix, 450 yards, five touchdowns, dude, Washington. Dude, what was the score at the end of the first quarter? Oh, six, nothing Boise. Right. And they, what was the final? 56 to 19. That is insane. They put up 28 points in the second quarter right. and 21 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, I, I was impressed by that too. Real quick, just while it's top of mind, you said 28 points in the second quarter. We do, we, I'm going to give a shout out to Georgia Tech because I was very impressed. It was heartbreaking yeah. to see the way they lost. Really impressed what they were able to do. Haynes King looked better. The team all around looked better. They, they did a lot of stuff. They also did what? Are you taking the Celsius this late? Where you fucking go. Um, I'll, I'll do one. I got lots to do. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, man. Sorry for our podcast and us trying to make our dreams come true. Um, wow. So, so no, no I, 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 I was impressed with George Tech and what they were able to do in, in like game one of the Brinky era, even though he was interim last year. Um, same with 330. I'll tell you who I wasn't impressed by. Ohio State? Yeah. What? Dude, it's tough to replace. I mean, and they've done a good job, but year over year, it's tough to replace first-round talent at QB. And I'm not saying – look, first games are first games, so I'm not going to call it a, a I mean, season for Ohio State. Like, it's like some, yeah. some games. Right. I don't think – you know, McCord didn't look great. Nope. nope. Um, I'll Trayvon be interested to see what missing Some massive, massive holes. Yeah. I'm. I don't know. I, I I'm gonna wait to see them again next week and just see. And they're probably playing a trash team, but I just want to see the offense operate better. I mean, dude, that was a painful game to watch. Usually, yeah, ten games, but twenty-three to three. That's just. How about Indiana's about, um, the of the conference? Yeah, I mean, Indiana has is six and eighteen combined in their last two years. That six and eighteen record also includes two losses to Rutgers with one of them coming by 35 points. Like, they're awful. 
Yeah. They played better at times. So there's that. They, I mean, like, and, in, in, you know, it was close for a minute. I was very, very surprised. Marvin Harrison and Emeka Ibuka had five catches for 34 yards combined. It's strange, man. Very strange. I don't know. That's going to be something to watch, I think. Um, it should be fine, but I do love what you said about the quarterback thing. Other games, I thought Texas was kind of a ho-hum game. They didn't cover against Rice. I'm doubting they put much into the game plan considering Bama yeah. was on deck. Um, so I don't think there's really much to take away except that they got athletes, man. It's going to be a fun game next week. Um, yeah, well, let's, you know, speaking of ho-hum. Auburn? No, no, no. No, we're not talking uh-huh. about Auburn today. Um, speaking of ho-hum. Yes. How about what happened in Athens? Okay. Let's, let's, Georgia getting let's their first it. night game in... I'll be totally honest. Like I mean, I, I didn't watch... The, I wasn't able to watch Ooh. the game. I'm glad you brought that up. No one did. Uh, yeah. Georgia fans, because <laughs> it was on ESPN+, Plus, which is absolute horseshit out of the, out of the ESPN network for putting... The back-to-back defending national champions. So this is this is a deal they have with the SEC now, where it's like every single team has it's to be in the one SEC game on ESPN Plus, huh? It's got to be on the SEC network at least, right? It wasn't because it's no, so, I know, like, I know. Yeah, I kind of get what they're trying to do because every SEC team has to play one game on ESPN Plus because they're trying to get people to buy into it. I'm an idiot and somehow still have like two or three accounts with them. So if anyone needs one, hit me up. Um, but at the same time, like. Georgia, maybe the idea behind it is like, oh, we'll have Georgia on ESPN Plus start the year because a lot of people are going to want to watch Georgia. They came out. Um, it wasn't a great start. Much to the chagrin of some petty people on social media that wanted to overreact and just say things to say things to piss off Georgia fans. And when I say that, I'm talking about me because it was, I mean, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is our favorite rivalry in Pepper. What? So this was, I've built up Georgia all offseason, but like, yeah, they struggled early. I think you started seeing something, you started seeing stuff early from people that were like, some of these meltdowns that were like, the OC sucks. Carson Beck is not ready. There were people already already asking for Carson Beck to be taken out. There were people that were already like, Somebody said from the stadium there was somebody yelling fire Bobo on the third play of the game, which I think was probably done in jest. Yeah. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna build you up before I break you down here for Georgia, like I've always tried to do. There's no reason to worry, right? Duke up Duke up six nothing. Just up you're ahead of me. I love it. Also, I had Clemson minus six first first half. Um there's no Hold on. The person who has my ticket for the Texas game just said there's bad news. Oh, no. Um, so there's no reason. There's no reason to get super concerned necessarily, right? Carson Beck ends the game. Like, like I tweeted this out in the first, first 20 minutes of the game. Georgia's the team that finished in the top six in the country the last two seasons with yards per attempt. Um, what? Okay. Um, in yards per attempt at like over nine and 9.3 yards per attempt in both seasons, right? That's with Munkin. You start the game out early and you kind of struggle at times. And I think at one point they had 4.3 yards per attempt. And I, I made the comment about it because it was very obvious they were struggling that game. A lot of bad throws and errant throws from Carson Beck. 
I don't know how many times I had to watch the game like on, on GameCast on ESPN. I don't know how many times I saw incomplete pass to Arian Smith, incomplete pass to Arian Smith. Now, listen, you're also banged up, and you didn't have your entire team. Um, shout out also to UT Martin's quarterback, Kincaid Dent, who is a former Ole Miss recruit, who I, I remember saying on this podcast so much I was going to hate because his name was Kincaid Dent. Um, the game was never in doubt. The scoreboard might not have been as great as we wanted to see. But Carson Beck ends the game with almost 300 yards passing. They end the game with like 10 yards per attempt, 400, 400 total yards on 40 attempts. All three quarterbacks got in. They did what they always do. And this is what I will always say about Georgia that I, that I think they do better than anyone in the country. They, the, the, the distribution of wealth they have is incredible to watch. They had 11 guys, 11 different guys caught passes. And I know if you're sitting here thinking like, oh, well, it's just UT Martin. A bunch of scrubs got in. Seven out of the 11 had at least two passes or more or two reception or more. That doesn't happen in other places. And Georgia consistently does that. They've done it since Monkin was there. I think it's a really, really good job. Um, now, the other part of it, Willie Gray. I like the play calls. Seemed like Beck was off. The line definitely needs work. The line was an issue all night. They weren't able to run the football. I heard the play call was very vanilla and a lot of runs at the middle. Lillian was very frustrated, um, which was fair, it seems like. She said completely rational fans. She put a period in between each one of those words. So I think she might have been saying it in jest. But here's the thing, guys. Even if it does at some point become this seamless transition, the fact that we heard all offseason from their fans of this is just going to be next man up, pick up where we left off, Todd Munkin is gone, but we have Mike Bobo. I'm going to reiterate once again how stupid that was to say. I'm not saying it's not going to work, but the thought that you lose the best offensive coordinator and the best quarterback you've had in program history and just assume you're going to pick up where you left off is crazy. That Like to anywhere. Those are like, because it wasn't like it was just, it's not Ohio State where it's like, oh, well, we lost Justin Fields. That's probably not the best example to use here. But, you know, and, and we still have so-and-so playing like, or calling plays. This is your best play caller and your best quarterback you've had ever by a significant amount. Like, they did things that no one else has ever done there, and they did them dominantly. 46.3 points per game against ranked opponents a year ago. Now, I thought it was funny to watch because I said it all offseason. There's a reason we have the whole God dang it, Bobo joke that we say all the time on this pod. And because we heard it was less than a decade ago why you guys wanted him gone. And it didn't take long to hear some of those people come back out. We'll see how it plays out. But man, it was, yeah, Muse is really good though. I think they're going to be fine. And here's the other thing too. They don't fucking play anybody. So they're going to be fine for a while. Uh, you want to talk about your boys? <laughs> Heisman. Oh, Heisman? I'll tell you what. I said it on Twitter, and I'm not, I, I don't think it's a bad take. If, if fucking if Jalen Milrow was wearing a Colorado jersey, RJ Young would have already had him with like Heisman pub going into this game. Like, huh. all right. So the question was from every single possible person we heard all offseason oh, love Bama. They got a lot of turning. Jordan Rogers said the other day, love Jordan Rogers said, great hair, great hair. It was like, oh, they're, they're great everywhere except at quarterback. And why do we think that, Tyler? Because we saw we saw him play one game last year. He started one game against AM. 
And then we saw him in a spring game and we thought, oh no, the sky is falling. I heard someone say the other day that, that should we be concerned that it seemed like they gave Ty Simpson every opportunity to win that job and, and he didn't, which can only mean that they didn't like what they had with Milro. Or the other idea, geez, one second. Duke. The, the other idea of that, or the other side of that is, maybe they gave Ty Simpson every opportunity to win that job and he just didn't because Jalen Milro is better. Jalen Milro comes out, game one. I'll just tell you my, my favorite takeaways. You guys can go check them out at our SDS YouTube page. We're going to be doing a weekly series on it like we'll be doing with a lot of things, okay? Um, five favorite things that came from this. And this is the stuff that I think Bama fans, if you're listening and you are a Bama fan, then, then you sh- these are the things that you should be most excited about because it was MTSU and it wasn't a great game, whatever. Jalen Noro, QB1, comes in, has 242 total yards, completes 72% of his passes, was able to complete intermediate routes and also throw it deep um, with effectiveness. He had three, five total touchdowns, uh, three through the air and two through uh, two on the ground. It's the only quarterback in program history, only quarterback ever in program history that has ever had a five touchdown game with three passing and two rushing, ever. So <laughs> phenomenal job. Had a moment, the very first play of the game, I said on the last podcast, he's going to do something on Saturday that everyone's jaw is going to drop. Bad snap, goes behind him, picks it up, outruns everyone, no matter what the angle was, and scores from 28, 29 yards out. Thought that was awesome. Also graded out as a 92.3 offensive grade from PFF. To put that in perspective, uh, Bryce Young only had two games last year with a higher offensive grade than Jalen Milrow did on uh, on Saturday night. The other two things are three, three, three things I love the most. The defense was a lot better. Deontay Lawson was phenomenal. They set the tone early. Terry on Arnold with a, with a pass breakup. Um, love the fact that they were plus two in the turnover margin, which doesn't sound like much, but like the way they were last year, they were they got a, they got an interception to start like early on in the game. To put that in perspective, Alabama didn't record a single interception in eight of their 11 games against in the regular season against Power 5 or FBS opponents last year. They The plus two is the highest of any game they had in the regular season of all last season. Now, the really good stuff. Third downs. Everyone's talking about how Tommy Reese sucks and he's going to be terrible and blah, blah, blah. You put up 56 points. Third downs, you were 10 of 13. You're 77% on third, third downs. That is the third highest total in the last 10 years combined for Alabama. It's also higher than any single game in the entire Bill O'Brien era. And last but not least, the discipline and the coaching. Penalties. Two penalties for 19 yards. The lowest and fewest amount of penalties in a game for Alabama in the last 50 total games under Nick Saban. They also um, had Tyler Buckner, which is the shock of the century. He came out as the second quarterback. He also had a touchdown. He looked pretty good. So I'll just say it one more time. Tommy Reese looked good. Kevin Seals' defense looked good. It's very early on. They might get torched this week still. Tyler Buckner comes in as your second-string quarterback, and both coordinators seem to work out. It's almost like Tyler. It's almost like Saban knew what he was doing all along. Next game. Uh, where do you want to go? Let's get a Clemson's rival, USC-UNC. Yes. Um, that was a shocking result to me. I thought South Carolina would come out the better team, um, even though they were an underdog, two and a half points. Um, as we all know, you know, if you're a two and a half point underdog, it doesn't always mean that you're going to lose. See floor safe. Um, <laughs> but I, ju- I was just 
I was surprised at UNC's defense. I thought yeah. they played really well. They got so again, uh, transfer portal is starting to be a thing where people are realizing you can bring in difference makers immediately. And I feel like UNC's done that. Um, they played really well on defense. I was shocked at how well they played. Um, you know, Rattler, no touchdowns was shocking to me. Yeah. Um, 31-17, man. I just I didn't see that coming. I don't know. What what do you think South Carolina's biggest issue is right now? Oh, I'll answer that very quickly. O-line. The O-line is awful. So yeah. shout out to our boy Gene Chizik, the nicest person I've ever met and the only man I know that is still has a reasonable job with a Hotmail email account. Um, phenomenal job. Phenomenal job. I, I Listen, this is going to sound stupid. I didn't know that Drake May was going to be that good. He was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He was phenomenal to watch. I'm an idiot. I was wrong about this. I thought the wrong team was favored. I thought Carolina was going to go out there and win by 10 plus points. I would like, and mainly because of the UNC defense. UNC comes out and harasses him all fucking night. They could not run the football at all. Um, but the the stat that stood out to me the most was also going to be our first award of the year. Pepper, Jesus Christ. No, just go in there. Um, our first award of the year for NIL. And we're going to give Spencer Rattler an NIL deal with our good friends at Flex Seal because nothing stops just leaky, terribly inept and broken. I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? Crevices? Probably not. Crevices is not a great word. Mm. I don't like crevices. No. I do. I, just, I, don't like, I don't like anything that's happening right now, Tyler. Yeah. Um, I don't need that out. <laughs> we can't. It's live. <laughs> um, welcome to another episode of Chris's Crevices. All right. So. Great NIL pitch, though. I got to tell you. It is, right? Yeah. Thank you. This is why they need Flex Seal on that offensive line is because that offensive line gave up nine sacks on Saturday night. To put that in perspective, my new favorite saying, you know how many sacks UNC had all last year? Nine? 17. Yeah. In, in like 14 games. They had 17 yeah. total. They had nine in the first game. Hell of a job by Chiz. Horrible job by South Carolina. You have to be concerned where that where that leads, but let's also yeah. not forget last year didn't start great. You have that, you get blown up by Georgia at home. They're probably going to get blown up by Georgia again on the road because Kirby Smart hates Shane Beamer for some reason. But maybe they're coming strong again. I don't know. But it, it did not look good. Minus two rushing yards too. Ugh. That's almost impossible to fucking do. Um, man, there was a lot of FCS games on the SEC schedule. We're not sure. talking about any of those. Yeah. Penn State, I didn't watch, but Drew Alar went off. I thought that was yeah. off. I mean, from Pitt. Also, like, yeah, I think he's gonna be good. The main storyline from this was was uh, was James Franklin being an asshole and covering the spread late. Now, I, oh, I yeah, had Penn sorry. State covering 11 and a half in the first half as one of my best bets of the week. They missed two field goals inside of 38 yards with the last three minutes of the first half to not cover. Late in the game, West Virginia has like a textbook backdoor cover. Where they have like, they score with like a couple, I don't know, like three minutes left. Penn State, I knew they scored with five seconds left to cover. What I did not know was that Penn State also went for a fourth and five, with a minute and 15 <laughs> seconds to go and converted it. And then like drove terrible. the field to get down and, and score. Yeah, and then and then punched it in against. I mean, that used to be a rivalry, but like, damn, dude, not like that. 
Um, but Drew Allard looked great. Nick Stevenson had a good game as well. Limited carries, 13 carries, 70 yards. Um, that'll obviously pick up. Uh, the only other thing, too, is something we wanted to look forward to, and I thought we were going to miss because Kevin, he was like, was UCLA in their late game against Coastal Carolina. Pretty good game if you stayed up for it. Um, yeah. Coastal comes in. Um, I think it was like a one-point game in the fourth quarter. UCLA struggled at quarterback. Dante Moore is the five-star quarterback from Detroit. Uh, we we yeah. thought he might be a potential freshman breakout player in one of our earlier pods this summer. Uh, he's going to he's not gonna win the starting job. Dude. He comes in in the fourth quarter and balls out. They end up winning by two scores. Um, I don't know if he's been announced the starter this week or if, what the deal is with that, but great job of the freshman. It seems like a great fit in um, uh, what do you call it? In in um, Chip Kelly's offense. The last one, and I think we should close this instead of doing like the we should, message board overreactions. We don't have to do, but I'm going to mention one thing. Um, we can do the three best things if you want. Yeah, I'll give you my three best things right now. Well, hold on. We have one more game to talk about. Okay. How about the Oregon State Beavs? That's one of my three best things. More I, so well, DJU. That's fucked up, Tyler, for, for one. Second off. No, more so DJU. He had a career yeah. day in his first game outside of Clemson. Two, 20 for 25, 239 yards, three touchdowns, another two on the ground. Good for that kid, man. He, he seems like a great kid, and clearly things didn't work out at Clemson. Doesn't seem like their offense is real great this year either. I'm just and it's in one it's quarter. Early. Yeah, saying that half in jest, but I mean, um, good for him, man. And like, if he's legit this year, dude, like their defense is good. It was the best in the Pac-12 last year, even better than Utah in some areas. That O line was phenomenal. He's like, like I don't think if you're if you're a, a football fan that watches football and you know anything about Clemson, I, I remember saying this a couple years ago, Clemson has done a horrible job at recruiting and developing offensive linemen, elite offensive linemen. In, that's the way it hit, right? Um, in in the Dabo Swinney era, right? Um, Oregon State has a much better offensive line. He had all day to throw. And and again, you can look at it, oh, well, it's, it's San Jose State. Who cares? One, it was on the road. And if, if we're going to compare apples to apples or whatever the saying is, I think it's apples to apples, right? Like, yes. USC, who's everyone's darling, and how they are, they played San Jose State a week ago. It was 56 28. Yeah. It was 21 14 at the half. Oregon State was up 28 to 3 and dominating this game. Yeah. 475 yards of offense. Um, pretty balanced. 275 in the air, 200 on the ground. Yeah. I think Oregon State, I mean, the Pac 12 is fun this year, man. In the final year, it's going to be a fun year out there, dude. Washington, Oregon. Oregon State, USC, UCLA. Yep. Yep. I mean, dude, there's a lot of good teams. It's gonna be fun. Um, every every team, they're the only they're the only conference that's 13 and 0 right now because USC's played two games. They they they've won every game they played. Um, all right, my my first favorite thing, and then and then let's do what Willie Gray said. Let's do our top five. And we'll close it out. Uh, my first favorite thing. How about Juice Kiffin? Huh? Lane Kiffin is just so good at like it's crazy how likable he is now. But it just goes to show you, if you lose some weight and you get a dog, and I don't know, you don't talk about the dog on social media nonstop, which is something I have to learn, um, then, you know, people really seem to like you. He's been, it's been awesome to watch this, like, whole transformation. But Juice Kiffin on kickoff duty, running to go get the tee and running back. thought that was awesome. <laughs> I already gave you DG, DJU. So, obviously, my second thing of the week, the Knowles, man. We're all the way back. I'm so fired up. 
it Jordan Travis it couldn't be a better guy. He's gone through a lot. He almost gave up the sport. He offered himself to move to the receiver room two years ago. Um, and to see what he's doing on the field now, I'm just super happy for all Florida State fans and, and specifically Mike Norvell and Jordan Travis. So right. right. Pepper, we have two more minutes. Do you want to come say hi? Um, uh, what's your next? My next one. Yeah, I can say LSU losing. How about this? How about former Auburn quarterbacks? I I don't like di- like just bear, like piling on Brian Harson. I don't. I really don't. But I will say, it's almost impossible to look at the quarterback room that he had after what happened this weekend, and and wonder why or what what could have gone wrong there. Um, Bo Nix, twenty three to twenty seven for almost three hundred yards, three touchdowns, interceptions. How about Robbie Ashford in the Auburn game has three touchdowns rushing. Um, and then you TJ Finley. TJ Finley for Texas State goes in. Beating Baylor. Horrible loss by Baylor, by the way. Horrible loss by Baylor. <laughs> but TJ Finley goes off. I think he had like what four touchdowns, five touchdowns, or something like that. And, and like here's another most terrible loss. I, this is gonna sound worse than most of my jokes, but like dude, Texas State had a white receiver that wasn't even wearing receiver gloves. And he made arguably the best catch of the week. He made a one hit catch like on the sideline. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was incredible. Um, but yeah, former Auburn quarterbacks having a good week. And, and I will say this, all jokes aside, good for them, including Robbie Ashford. Good for them for not giving up. TJ Finley, the guy that's come under a ton of scrutiny. Bo Nix is obviously flourished out in Oregon. Um, and then and then what do you call Ashford, who has every reason to quit this, you know, kind of and he he goes off in their game as well. What's your third one? My third one is is uh is just UNC, Mac Brown. I mean, yeah. I, I think that a lot of people doubted them in that game, including both of us. And for rightfully so, they've been horrible in games like that uh, of late. And there, there was really no doubt that they were going to win that game like pretty well into it. Um, they were just the better team. And I was pretty shocked by that. And, you know, they finally seemed deserving of their ranking. Yeah. yeah. I think that's fair. Um, yep. All right. So my last one. I'm not going to mention these guys by name because they've been pretty big assholes the last couple weeks, and I don't really understand why. Um, it's like you've ever been like in a beef with someone, and you don't, you weren't around for when it started, so you don't know why it's happening. Mm-hmm. Happens to me a lot. Okay. But, um, Saturday, I made some jokes at George's expense. Now I know that I spent, I don't know, eighty to ninety percent of the off season making jokes, uh, not jokes, but making positive things in George's favor, saying they're the best program in the country, they develop talent better in the country, better than anyone. Kirby's a better coach than saving right now. All those things. But just like I made this, uh, the joke a couple weeks ago about how they are basically North Korean Twitter, and the moment you say anything negative, the entire fucking thing melts down and they lose their minds, right? Mm. I was critical of how they looked early on, which was apparently a big no-no. And a podcast of two absolute white lacrosse bros uh, tweeted out, Chris Marlowe has tweeted about Georgia 20 times since our game started, but we'll have the audacity to call Georgia fans insecure. Tyler, this had well over 200 likes. And <laughs> and then the comments were incredible because one guy said, guaranteed he'll hide behind the whole quote unquote, it's my job thing that he always says, which is like, it is. <laughs> so... But my favorite response is from someone named JTalk33 who said, and I quote, who the fuck is Chris Marler? And I laughed Love about that. this. I did too. It was phenomenal. It's phenomenal. And honestly, JTalk, if you're listening, 
I don't even know sometimes. Most of the time. I think everyone would agree with that. That being said, um, this continued on throughout the night. And I made a joke that, like, because they just they just didn't stop. Like, they, they obviously don't like me. And that's fine. That's fine. Up until recently, I didn't really like myself. So I get it. But, like, I looked at this and I was like, man, we, I, I'm going to definitely make Who the Fuck is Chris Marler merch. And I said it as a joke. And it got a bunch of traction. And people liked it and thought it was funny and blah, 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 blah. And by Sunday, it kept going. And I had the idea that, like, why don't we just turn this negative into a positive? There's a lot of negativity on Twitter, always, and yep. social media in general. Um, so I said that I made the joke about turning into merch, but what we are actually going to do this week, I will post it later on my social media, at Vern Funquist on Twitter, at Vern Funquist with the E on Instagram. Uh, we're going to make T-shirts and then also stickers or buttons with the tweet that says, who the blank is Chris Marler. Um, and it may not sound like you would want to wear that shirt, but we're going to donate all the money, all the money to a good cause, um, to a organization called My Sister's House in South Carolina uh, that assists victims of domestic violence and their children. So um, if you would like a shirt, if you would like a sticker or a button or anything like that, it's a funny thing that happened. I think, like I said, we always try to turn, make lemonade um, and turn something into a positive. We're going to be making those and donating them throughout the season. Would love for you guys to get some. Um, and that's all. All right. Cool. Uh, top five teams. Yeah. All right. I'll go uh, number five. I'm going to go with USC. What? Number four. Yeah. Number four. I'm going to go with Michigan. Okay. Number three. I'm going to go Alabama. Oh, three. Okay. Number two, I'm going to go Georgia. Oh, boy. Number one, I'm going to go Florida State. And that's just how I feel, brother. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Mine. Um, all right. Just where, what is the actual ranking? Um, uh, they haven't come like, out yet. You see it there. All right. Here's what I'll do. I will tell you this. Here's what I think. At five. I will say it is. I'm gonna put Texas up there. Okay, I think they might be pretty good. At four, Michigan. At three, Alabama, with room to grow. At two, I've got Florida State, and at one, because this is how this should fucking work. No offense to you, but this is a shout out to all these idiots that are that are voting for this every week. The back-to-back -back national champions who have won. 34 of the last 35 games and have given us no reason to think that they shouldn't be number one. That's what my number one team is. So UGA, FSU, Bama, Michigan, and um, who did I say five? Texas. Top five All matchup right. in exclusive, baby. Let's go, baby. Yeah. That's going to be the end of the show. Uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in live. Um, we'll be doing yeah, this usually on Sundays. Today is Monday. Um, but... That's the end of the show. As always, we really appreciate you all listening to the show. It would really help us and the growth of the show if you would rate us five stars on Apple and Spotify. Leave a review. Uh, we did get a new review here. So, Chris, as always, we like to read the new reviews. So I'm going to do that for you. Uh, yeah. This is from someone named Roll Tide Bama on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> it's not me. I swear to God. Five stars. Uh, the boys killing it constantly. I look forward to every new app that comes out. Best college football podcast by far, and I've attempted to tolerate the rest. 
Mahler plus T-Huck are too authentic to not enjoy. Roll Tide, lads. Coming from Australia, by the way. Yeah, love that. Um, so please go give us a five-star review and leave us a review, and we'll read it on the show just like that. Go and uh, like and subscribe to the YouTube page if you haven't done it already, Saturday Down South. Go leave us a message this weekend. The number, again, 770-674-8233. Chris, if, if Bama loses to Texas, are you going to call into the hotline? I might as well. I'll be there. Yeah. If you're in Tuscaloosa, let me know. Don't forget to check out the SDS podcast. It's a great podcast over there uh, on our network with Connor O'Gara. And check out all of our videos and clips from the show on Twitter at Sat Down South, on Instagram and TikTok at Saturday Down South, and on YouTube, Saturday Down South. For Chris, I'm Tyler. Thanks for tuning in. We will talk to you guys this week to go over uh, week two slate. All right, bye. Pretty exciting. Bye. <laughs>